0: McElroy, Connor Over's cousin, rap star, rig mother Who uno, son, you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and sort Matt to, Sort Bush. of break it, break it down like this. Like Welcome to episode 136 of THN, where Joe Patrick's in a huge hurry, but he does not have his script up, and we're- I can't find it! Talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, October 16th. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me under under the Twitter handle at Matt Palmstein, When I'm not packing my stuff and getting ready to flip DJ the bird and head out of town, I'm writing the Comic Speculator blog for workpoint.com. And I'm Joe
1: Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not placing ads on Craigslist looking for a new co-host and best friend, no drug addicts, please. I've been through that. I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of the upcoming hit webcomic series, the untold tales of the two-headed nerd which you will never see cuz Matt won't
0: send me the script. Wrong. I'm devoting this tour to writing it. Send me fleshing it out. What you have. Don't I'm not going on my character sketches. Beeps has a robot arm on the bat on his back. You don't
1: need to <laughs> I don't need awesome. any designs from you. <laughs> I'm the artist.
0: In this week's episode you'll hear our reviews of Shoot First and Letter 44 number 1. After that We'll review 10 of this week's comics faster than the reopened NSA can get their black helicopters to the Ziggurat during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Miracle Man is talking some crazy about next week's comics. And finally, the comic pushers are back! That means MC Joe Patrick is dropping fat rhymes and forcing highly addictive comics on some poor junkie nerd. But Before we cancel our post-government dystopian plans to erect our own Thunderdome behind the ziggurat, let's congratulate Congress on kicking the ball down the road a few months before they have this big fight again. And then, we'll talk about this week's big news!
1: Proving once again that DC has their fingers on the pulse of comic fandom, Dan DiDio has agreed to appear on ABC's The View, To hear a comic pitch from none other than Whoopi Goldberg. Who better? I mean, really? (laughs) Yes. The appearance came out of an encounter that DiDio had with Goldberg at last week's New York Comic Con. According to the EGOT winning actress, quote, I was, listen, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. EGOT. I forgot. (laughs) I was pitching a comic book that I'm hoping to do. I've been a comic book kid all my life. One of those things you don't see is comic book heroes, female, with any hips. You don't see them over 12 years old, maybe something sagging a little. Nothing is ever moving, so I'm working on something that will alleviate that. It will be me as a superhero. Of course it will. Woo! Speaking of his NYCC meeting with Goldberg... Write
0: what you know, I guess.
1: (laughs) Didio said, quote, Whoopi was sweet, humble, and gracious. You would never have known she was a comic fan. If everything went to plan... The appearance has already been taped and probably even aired. I think it was supposed to go down yesterday.
0: You don't DVR the view? I don't. Okay. (laughs) I'm not
1: about to watch that (laughs) to confirm it, so I don't know. (laughs) Matt, surely this means the end times are upon us.
0: Here's the thing. If Whoopi was the comic fan that she pretends to be, she would know this character did exist. And she was a black woman just like Whoopi. Her name was Amanda Waller. She was big. She was a hunk and a chunk of woman, and we loved her. But she wasn't a superhero. And what Whoopi should have done is asked Dan why she got all skinny and sexy. Whoopi should have called him out right there. (sighs) Now, I totally agree with her. And if you look around, there are examples of characters like this. You just don't see a whole lot. Yeah,
1: there aren't a lot of examples of superheroes that aren't the physical ideal.
0: No, I mean, like, there was a little fat girl in the runaways, and she was great. We yeah. all loved her. What's her name? Bouncing Betty from the West Coast Avengers. Oh, from
1: the Great Lakes Avengers. Pardon me, the Great big, Lakes. Avengers. Big Bertha.
0: Big was that Big Bertha? Yeah, Big Bertha. Oh, that's right. But
1: even Big Bertha was a supermodel in real life. She right. just had the superpower to become fat.
0: There was a Matter Eater Lad, big fat kid. No,
1: Matter Eater Lad is skinny. <laughs> is you're he? thinking
0: of Bouncing Boy. Pardon me, Bouncing Boy, big fat. Kid. But again, kid. you're describing dudes. Uh, I agree. So, not, like, not a, big girl. a
1: middle-aged, uh, a middle-aged lady that's not, you know. A swimsuit model. Uh, I think that she has a point. Yeah, I like the uh, idea. I'm not interested in reading a comic book starring Willby Goldberg. No, I'm not either. But I think that this shows that Dio is a good sport. Definitely. And it, it's you definitely know, it's just a fun thing to to talk about. But she's got an ego. Add comics to the list. Uh, put put another E at the end for Eisner. You
0: well, heard it here first. There it is. E-goat. <laughs> Or E-E-Gott. <laughs> E-E-Gott. <laughs> Avatar Press has announced the return of Gravel, Combat Magician, launching with a new reader-friendly Zero issue. Well, relatively reader-friendly. <laughs> it's it's going to be violent and horrifying. Yes. Jumping on point in January, Gravel was created by Warren Ellis and Mike Wolfer in 1999 and has appeared in several different series over the past 14 years. Here's the solicit. After dismantling the aristocratic magical hierarchy of England and surviving a war against a bloodthirsty serial killer, William Gravel disappeared. But even a man who can walk through walls cannot escape combat magic-fueled assassins. And he's not happy about it. Now, here's the catch. While Mike Wolfer will be involved with the new series, Warren Ellis will not. Instead, Wolfer will be writing the series, which will feature art by Gabriel... Riarte. Riart. Riart, Riart. Joe, is a comic like this still something to get excited about after the departure of the original creator?
1: You, you know, I read this story and I thought, well, that's very strange. But it turns out this isn't the first time they've resurrected Gravel without Warren Ellis. That's true. And I didn't know that. I I don't know. I mean, am I do I get excited about it? Well, I've never read Gravel.
0: I've read Gravel. And I really liked Warren Ellis's Gravel. It sort of came off. It was sort of Constantine, if Constantine worked for the British military, and it was really cool. He he did a great job writing it. The art was not the best. I didn't particularly care Mike for Wolfer
1: it. Mike is okay. I mean, I, I mean, he. I'm sure he's probably grown. I'm sure because 1999.
0: Was and a long he time wasn't ago. awful. It was competent. I just didn't love his art. Sure. I am not excited about him writing this.
1: Well, I mean, uh, apparently. He wrote the last
0: bit of Gravel as well. So, and I read it, and it was not as good as the Ellis Mm. stuff. This does not excite me.
1: Well, me neither, but admittedly, I'm not a fan of Gravel to begin with. In the more general sense, though, it's not like Warren Ellis was writing Spider-Man, and then somebody else is writing Spider-Man. No, not at all. Warren Ellis created this
0: character.
1: It's like saying uh, Derek Robertson was going to come back and write more Transmetropolitan stories. Right, right. And... I don't know that I'd be down for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't care about this, and I guess I find it a little shocking unless they're doing it with Warren Ellis's Good Graces. Because sure. I assumed he owned that character. I don't think it was. I kind for of hire. assumed
1: that it was creator owned as well. But yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Mike Wolfer owns a stake in it as well and and he does have warren ellis's and it could be
0: yeah ellis saying hey buddy go make yourself some money because it
1: certainly has warren ellis's name plastered all over it it's warren ellis's gravel combat magician yeah so i don't know i'll give the first issue a try it'll be my first experience with gravel and when it comes out i'll review it on the show we'll see we'll see how we feel do
0: yourself a favor read warren ellis's first six issue miniseries so you've got some background so you can see is there a difference between these two things I
1: will give it a try. It was a good read. All right. Speaking of comebacks, Image Comics has announced that veteran indie creator Bob Fingerman,
0: I think it's Fingerman.
1: Fingerman <laughs> is returning to his roots this January when he resurrects Minimum Wage, his loosely autobiographical series originally published in the 90s. Minimum Wage, which follows the life of main character Rob as he stumbles through life in New York City, was recently given the deluxe hardcover treatment by Image earlier this year. In the new series, Rob finds himself trying to readjust a single life in the city after his recent divorce. In the publisher's press release, Fingerman said, quote, Working on the massive maximum minimum wage, that's the hardcover. That's awesome. Just going through all that material stoked my desire to return to these characters. I'd deliberately given that chunk an open ending, thinking someday I'd come back and do more. Now seemed the perfect time and Image Comics seemed the perfect place. Minimum Wage, number one, is scheduled to hit stands on January 8th. Now, Matt, we talked about this. You've never read Minimum Wage. I've never read
0: Minimum Wage. Uh, But in general, what do you think about creators revisiting their past work? Well, I can still speak to the fact that Minimum Wage was very well critically received. And I know a lot of people that really enjoyed it. I've read it. My buddy Joel loved it back in the day.
1: uh, Some years ago, about 10 years ago, they put out another hardcover Uh, Of the work, not like an omnibus style, but just a hardcover. It was called Beg the Question. And I read it, and it's good. It's not my favorite of that sort of thing, like in autobiographical indie.
0: Sure. But I can definitely see the appeal. I know that he's good at it, and I don't have a problem with a creator like Fingerman returning to something that he left open for a return. What bothers me... And I'm not going to go back into the whole before Watchmen thing. And maybe it's a bad example because it's not Alan Moore.
1: Well, you're right. This is very specifically the original creator. A
0: story that is closed, that ended, that is revisited just to do some more. You know, like I really don't care for stuff like that. I'm not saying it's never been well executed. I can't think of any real good executions of it off the top of my head. Save it. (laughs) But Fingerman left this open and he wants to return to it. Great. I think it's an excellent idea. Sure. Give him more.
1: Right. And like you said, you know, it's like we have guys like Peter Bagg. Yeah.
0: He's never really stopped doing hate. He just does it once a year. Sure. He does it whenever he feels like doing it. And it's great. And everybody loves it. Hate's and, a perfectly good example. That's one that I should have thought of.
1: And every once in a while, Neil Gaiman will say, I've got another Sandman story in me. You and know, it works. put out that hardcover 10 years ago. And yeah. now they're going to do this new thing. So, I, I think it can be even Miracle I think Man it, we were
0: just yeah we just I, talked about that in the answer. And the week. reason
1: I picked this story is because this sort of this sort of story has been in the news a lot lately, yeah, uh the biggest example being Miracle Man, yeah, and so it's kind of interesting to think about, and there are certainly bad examples of creators Plenty. returning to past work, and we will talk about that in the answer of the week
0: fingertips fingertips fingertips. And that is your big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up at our Facebook page where Joe Patrick is revisiting some of his old comic book ideas from when he was a child. And not only are they woefully bad, but, man, there's some really weird themes. A fear of women, a fear of the bathroom, a fear of public swimming. I'm so afraid of the bathroom, you guys. Some disturbing stuff. God, I have no idea. Every Friday, beloved creator Joe Patrick posts the question of the week on our THN web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Joe, what do we ask the listeners this week?
1: This week's question, what are the best and worst examples of a beloved creator returning to a property after a long absence? Normally, we'd ask you to call us true. at the THN hotline,
0: true. 402-819-4894. You always memorized. I do. I don't.
1: And you can still call us, even if it's just to say hi. Sure. But for the next two weeks, the answer of the week will be only on the web forums.
0: So let's discuss it. Let's get down to the nitty gritty.
1: There will be no answer of the week podcast for the next two weeks. Just so you know. Just FYI. So, go to the THN forum, which you can find by clicking the forum button on our website.
0: It clearly marked... Forum button.
1: Two at nerd.com. It's big and yellow. You can't miss it. Don't it's be right afraid at the top. to sign
0: up. No one's going to hurt you. No one's going to strip your email I'm address. I'm not going to spam you.
1: <laughs> Nothing like
0: that. You
1: can give me a fake birth date if you want. Whatever. But I'll wish you a happy birthday. Change you your, your, name, your birthday.
0: Put up a funny picture. Whatever you want to do.
1: Introduce yourself in the introduce yourself thread that I just started. Oh, that's fun. At the behest of Harvey Locust. Nice job, Harvey. Who Harp. uses a fake name and <laughs> wanted me to have everybody introduce themselves. Get to the forums. It's good for you.
0: It's good for you.
1: It's review time on THN where Matt and I black bag two of this week's comics and interrogate them at a secret international black site. Matt. What
0: did your comics spill for you? It's actually an Afro-American site. They—that's preferred nomenclature. But this week, I read "Shoot." That's S. Period. H. Period. You get the idea. First, number one, from Dark Horse, written by Justin Acklin with art by Nicholas Daniel Selma. These three named guys—they all sound like assassins to me. Here's your solicit: the Secular Humanist Occult Obliteration Task Force defending humanity from angels, demons, and a bunch of other crap shoot doesn't believe in now on paper this sounds like an idea i can get behind atheists killing supernatural beings because they don't believe in them right on the only problem is they seem to be fighting the creatures that they don't believe in that's
1: just it they're not fighting them a because lot because they don't believe in them <laughs> yeah. It's that they don't believe in the divine, and yet the divine is definitely a presence. Yeah, and but I'll it's, get to it's, that. It's more complicated than that. I'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Here, we're introduced to Mrs. Brickstone, the field leader, Bet, the sexy, I don't know if she's British or French. I got some kind of accent from her. Long-haired blonde, Lord Byron, a punk rock Brit. Kenshin, an Asian guy with a robot eye and a robot named Robot, while on a field mission to stop a super Dijin, which is like a genie but mean, from devouring people at prayer in a mosque, where we also meet Infidel, the newest member of the team. Infidel was just in the process of losing his religion when the Dijin attacked, and after proving that he can handle shoots doubt-powered weaponry, he's recruited into the cause. Acklin's dialogue here is fine, and the characters are fine, there's a nice twist at the end, but I really have a problem with the premise here. <laughs> Remember how tiring Agent Scully became in the first few seasons of The X-Files, where even though she routinely faced ghosts, aliens, and giant fluke men on a regular basis, she refused to believe in anything? It got ridiculous, and Shoot seems to suffer from the same denial. They are firing weapons powered on their own doubt at creatures that they know are real. (laughs) (laughs) If they weren't real, they wouldn't need to be shot. (laughs) You You see what I'm saying here? I didn't especially love the art by Selma either. There's just something really flat about his style. He's not bad by any means, but just not particularly interesting. I really like this premise on paper. It sounds like fun, but it was not well executed. And the whole infidel thing, pretty heavy-handed. The
1: infidel thing, I, I, just, I groaned audibly yeah. when I was
0: reading that, probably not, on the toilet. Not to mention, he's at the mosque, and he's like, I'm losing my religion. I no longer believe in you, God. And then something directly from his religious book appears and needs to be killed. Yeah, that... I,
1: I agree. Like on paper, the premise is great. It's fun. It's, they should have left it at extra-dimensional beings, right. Posing as angels and demons, sure.
0: And like they could Scooby and that Do is, it.
1: And really, that is what they are. They do explain it in the book that they're not really angels. Angels and demons. They're they, just pretending to be angels and demons and feeding on people. Except faith. for
0: the actual
1: angel. <laughs> like I said, they're posing. They're posing as angels and it's demons. Still, I mean, <laughs> but. It's so heavy-handed. Yeah. And the scene where the guy who's got a name gets attacked at the mosque. Infidel. And, well, but he's got a normal name. I know. And well, then he's let's like, just call him Infidel. Everything that I was died in that mosque called me Infidel.
0: Yeah. I was. I almost just threw the book on the ground. Yeah, it was pretty heavy-handed. And you've got
1: weapons that only work if the agent is really doubtful, you guys. Yeah. Seems really bad if there's a field mission where they have a moment of uncertainty right. and then their
0: guns don't work. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that they should have moments of uncertainty because, you know, they have to go fight these things. Right.
1: It's just uh, on paper it sounds great.
0: It was not. In no, actuality,
1: it's, good... it's not great.
0: I'm giving it a skim it because I am also it giving it a skim It was competently handled and competently written and it just this was not competently it, executed.
1: It goes too far like I'm a religious man, I'm not offended by this. No, I, I get it. The premise is interesting, and I would have read it and enjoyed it. But they go so far out of their way to say, right. they don't believe in anything." Get it? They don't believe in anything. Right. Their guns don't even work. Like, if they on don't the flip believe. side, I'm an
0: atheist, and I'm saying they went too far. Right.
1: <laughs> you know? It's just, it's too much. It's it's too heavy handed. Yeah, it didn't work. And I thought the art
0: was decent, but I thought it was fine. It, just it, not it, particularly impressive. Yeah,
1: it's a skimmer for me too.
0: Joe Patrick, what did you review this week? This
1: week, my review is of... This is my review. It is of Letter 44, number one.
0: (laughs) That was really well done. (laughs) It's purred happily. We've been doing this for two years, folks. Letter
1: 44, number one from Oni Press, written by Charles Soule, with art by Alberto Albuquerque.
0: Albuquerque. Albuquerque.
1: Here's your solicit. There's something up there. As newly elected president, Stephen Blades Whoa! reads the letter left for him. Don't the, mess with that guy. Yeah. Reads the letter left for him in the Oval Office by his predecessor. He learns this, Rick Drywall. <laughs> yeah, he learns this stunning secret. Seven years earlier, NASA discovered an alien construction project in the asteroid belt. A crew of heroic astronauts were sent to investigate and they're nearing the conclusion of their epic journey. Don't miss the first chapter. Blah blah blah. Everything you need to know about Letter Forty Four is right there in the solicit. There's nothing really going on in the book that's not described there. Not that it spoils anything, but it's all set up in this issue. It's an effective solicit. What uh, you don't get from the solicit is that it's only a dollar. Yeah, and I believe all
0: the Oni number ones. Are, I
1: had no are idea it was only going to be a dollar, and they probably should have driven that point home a
0: little bit yeah, harder. You may have mentioned that.
1: I really enjoy the story. Uh, By Charles Soule, it's a completely obvious allegory for George W. Bush and Barack Obama. The back matter even admits it. And in that comparison lies the real hook. What if all the terrible things put into play by the previous president were actually in preparation for an impending alien invasion? It's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. And I think that that's very compelling. That's a really fun idea. Yeah. There's a lot of setup in this issue, and that's by necessity. Sol is dealing with a large ensemble cast, and there's a lot of information to get through. Oddly enough, the new president is your point-of-view character, so we learn information as he does. Sol sets up the mystery nicely, including the fact that not all is what it seems with the crew of the space mission. Unfortunately, I did not love the art. I can't say I had any problems following the action. It's well-paced and laid out, I guess in a way that I found easy to follow. But I am not fond of Albuquerque's personal style. However, he does a great job drawing the tech. I thought his designs for the NASA ship and the alien construct were pretty impressive. Very cool. Now, at three ninety nine, I think I would have given this book a skimmit. It's got a decent story hook, but I didn't like the art, so I wouldn't have felt compelled to keep reading. However, with a dollar first issue, Letter 44 earns a little leeway, I'm definitely going to give the second issue a read and another chance to keep my attention. At a dollar, this is a buy it.
0: Okay. I didn't mind Albuquerque's work here. It got a little weird in a few places, but like you said, the designs of the ship and the tech were so strong that it carried me through it. I'm not going to say I loved it, but I don't mind it. I thought it was fine. I thought the story was strong enough to pull me into the next issue. I'm willing to pay full price for this to see where it goes because, unlike the premise of the last book we reviewed, this premise was really well executed, and I think it could be a lot of fun. And I like Charles Soule. He's doing a great job, and I want to see more from him. I think this is a fun exercise in weird political sci-fi. I'm saying buy it.
1: Well, yeah, I'm saying that they did a—they made the right choice making this a dollar. Because at $4, I would have had a hard time recommending somebody that did not love the art
0: come back month yeah, after. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. But I think six issues in, this will probably be a really cool series. The story is compelling. I will definitely give it that. So that's a
1: double skim it for shoot first and a double buy it for letter 44. Of course, we want to know what you secular humanists and alien construction workers thought of these comics. So be sure to hit us with your alien conspiracy theories over at the THN forums, which you can find, like I said, by clicking the forum button at 2editnerd.com. It's not hard.
0: As it would turn out, the U.S. government did not default on their debt, and the complete anarchy that I predicted is not coming to pass. At least, not until the next time they start arguing about the debt ceiling. On their first day back at work, one of our NSA moles tipped us off that they were sending a fleet of black helicopters to the Ziggurat to stop my construction of my personal Thunderdome So, before we both get black bagged and tossed in Gitmo, we're gonna hurry up and review 10 of this week's comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous
1: Speed! Go! Imagine Agents, number one from Boom! This is the tale of a team of secret agents that police the imaginary friends of the world's children. What I thought was going to be a fun but forgettable all-ages title actually turned out to be a whole lot more compelling than I thought. I love the story. I love the art. This is a huge buy it.
0: has got really good reviews all over the
1: web. It's really good. Star Trek. Khan! Number one from IDW.
0: <laughs> Trek writer Mike Johnson is back at it, revealing the true origin of Khan, and it looks like it may be directly tied to the shirtless Ricardo Montalban you loved in the original Star Trek. It's crazy. Great story here. An almost seamless art transition from David Messina to Claudia Balboni. Buy it. Bloodhound, colon, crowbar logic, number one, Dark Horse. Dan Jolly and
1: Leonard Kirk's Bloodhound features a convict ex-cop that gets recruited by the FBI to investigate and shut down superhuman criminals. I was a huge fan of Bloodhound's short-lived original run at DC, and I was really surprised to hear that the creative team got the rights back to tell new stories. Right. This first issue picks up without a ton of exposition, so it's not the most new reader friendly. But, based on a strong concept, a solid track record, and great art, this gets a buy-it from
0: me. Leonard Kirk, man. Love that Love guy. Love that
1: guy, yes. For Ev's Evil, Rogues Rebellion, number one from B.C.
0: Brian Butcholetto writes here and does a good job maintaining the voices of the Rogues as developed by Jeff Johns in this story of the Rogues returning to Keystone City to find it in ruins after Grodd stopped by for a visit. When another Envoy of C-List villains shows up to finish what Grodd started, the Rogues rebel just as the title suggested patrick Zercher's art here was awesome but mid story the art duties violently changed to scott hepburn who in himself is not bad but when placed next to Zercher, it does not work at all no real surprises here in a kind of a predictable story certainly not a must read giving it a skimming superior spider-man number 19 from marvel Otto's team-up with Spider-Man 2099
1: ends here, and it's a load of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey fun. Artist Ryan Stegman is at the top of his he game. He so
0: good right now.
1: Not only does this issue take a huge leap forward in the larger Doc Ock as Spidey plot, pay attention, haters, but it perfectly sets up a new Spidey 2099 series, which may or may not have been announced last weekend to a group of people that subscribed to Marvel Digital Unlimited yeah, for some reason?
0: Really quietly announced, possibly.
1: Regardless, huge. Buy it. Trish Out of Water, number one from Aspen.
0: What starts as an episode of Glee without any singing ends with a really weird superpower twist that may connect this title to Fathom. All you need to do is read the thought bubbles on the cover to know how ridiculous the teen dialogue is here, and the art is. Bad. I don't like calling artists out because I can't even draw a straight line. But this art looks unfinished, scribbly, and bad. Michael Turner, if Michael Turner sucked. And I don't particularly like Michael Turner when he's great. I'm not sure who this comic is being marketed to either. It was sort of like it's written for Teen girls, Aspen fans. But yeah, I think it's more just weird Aspen fans. I'm giving this a leave it. BBRD, Hell on Earth, number one quill from Dark Horse. I was over a
1: year behind on my Magnoliaverse reading and I've been regretting it. So, over the last couple of weeks, I've shotgunned the last, I don't know, like 35 issues Damn. of BPRD related stories. That's some feel
0: bad comic reading. <laughs>
1: and now I'm more in love with this universe than I was before. This issue continues the spotlight on an injured Liz Sherman who has been absent since the beginning of Hell on Earth. Great story. Great art. Great fun. Buy it. Avengers number 21 from Marvel.
0: It looks like Leniel Francis Yu lost his mind while drawing this one. This is some of the most insane sci-fi cosmic art I've ever seen, and I loved it. Hickman is killing it on this Infinity Story and has me believing I would read a solo title (laughs) about the Kree Supreme Intelligence (laughs) if he was writing it. I loved this.
1: Buy it. I confess that all the covers to the Infinity Titans look the same, so I have no idea they really if do. I read last month.
0: Yeah, they really do. I was like, did I already read this? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confused. Zero, number two from Image. Ails Cots. Gritty
1: Spy Series continues, and I'm more impressed with this issue than I have been by any comic in a while trad moore handles the art for this story of a young edward zero and it's a wonderful tale that stands completely on its own yet still feels like a part of the larger whole it's touching terrifying thrilling heartbreaking tragic and beautiful the whole package it's definitely a contender for best single issue of the year wow don't pass up this book buy it gold digger
0: Swimsuit Annual 2013. An- I was only reading it for the article. Oh articles. my God, from Antarctic Press. Do you like anthropomorphic women with huge jugs and swimsuits? Well, I'd like to tell you this is a comic for you, but the art is so bad, it looks like creepy, poorly written fan fiction, which I think it is. This has got to be a collection of fan art and short stories, because no one should be paid for this level of work. If it is fan art. And I don't mean to insult anyone here. And props to Fred Perry for giving his fans a national audience. I mean, he paid to put a comic book out of this crap. But this is the work of lonely perverts that are afraid to talk to women and wish their pets would grow boobs. Leave
1: it. I don't mean to insult anybody, but you're all a bunch of lonely perverts.
0: Right, you <laughs> furry freaks. Cur <laughs> Ker- Epiphany, that is your ludicrous speed round. And Cur Epiphany is the sound of a poorly drawn cheetah woman with a giant rack opening a can of something from a very weird two-dimensional side pose while choosing her new codename, as seen in this week's Gold Digger Swimsuit Annual 2013. You gotta see it to believe it, folks. Why is it Cur Epiphany? Why
1: I, isn't it just Ker Epiphany? I
0: don't know. <laughs> it's far
1: in the morning. Earlier this week, Matt and I retired to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to work on our incantations, and there we were, shocked to find a drunken and rambling miracle man. It seems his new fame has proved a little too much for him, and after a wild night with Usher and Justin Bieber, he was dropped at our doorstep for us to deal with. After wetting himself and vomiting on the real Wendigo fur carpet... Now
0: that's going to be impossible to get out,
1: I his, might His time sense kicked in, and before he lost consciousness, Matt and I were able to ask him about some of next week's comics. Does Miracle Man really have time sense?
0: Yeah, he's got all kinds of crazy powers.
1: Matt, summon our manservant Wong to clean up this sh**. And
0: tell the listeners what you're excited for this week. You just had to make me bleep one more thing, didn't you? You want me to read it again? No. I'm excited for Samurai Jack, number one from IDW, written by Jim Zub, whose full name is Jim Zubakavich. With art by Andy Suriano, who was the character designer on the original Samurai Jack TV series. Very cool. Here's your solicit, the legendary samurai, known only as Jack, is stranded in a strange future ruled by the demonic wizard Aku. His quest to return back to the past has tested him many times, but now the stakes are higher than ever. Can an ancient relic known as the Rope of Eons finally take him home? I love Samurai Jack. I own every season on DVD, and I revisit them every once in a while. It was one of the best and most original cartoons that I can remember in the last 15 years. I'm excited for this comic. IDW does a great job with this stuff. Joe, what are you excited for next week?
1: My pick for next week is Velvet, number one from Image Comics, written by Ed Brubaker with art by Steve Epting. Here's your solicit. When the world's best secret agent is killed, Velvet Templeton, the personal assistant to the director of the agency, is drawn off her desk and back into the field for the first time in nearly 20 years and is immediately caught in a web of mystery, murder, and high-octane action.
0: You don't even have to have a title. You can say... Ed Baker, Steve Epting, new series in
1: pretty much. <laughs> like if I need to explain why I'm excited for this yeah. series, you haven't been reading comics, right? So let's move on.
0: Our trade paperback of the week next week is the Cowboy Ninja Viking Deluxe hardcover from Image. This is where I believe we first met Riley Rosmo, right? Affirmative. Here's your solicit, collected in, collected at last in one giant oversized deluxe hardcover are both volumes of the critically acclaimed fan-favorite series Cowboy Ninja Viking, featuring all the material in both trades, plus brand new, never-before-seen extras from the author of Harvest, which wasn't particularly great, and Term Life. I liked Harvest. It was fine. And the artist of Green Wake, which was awesome, and Dia de los Muertos, a little weird, and proof! This is one gorgeous volume you want to add your permanent collection. It collects Cowboy Ninja Viking number 1 through 10. Super fun stuff.
1: This solicit does not say what this book is about Doesn't in any way.
0: Doesn't at all. It's about an experimental warrior who has the personality of a cowboy, a ninja, and a viking. And he's not the only one like that. Yes. And he's insane. It's crazy. Super fun stuff. Guys. Girls, be sure to tell us what you're excited to read next week over at the new comic section, the t forums, and do us a favor. If you're going to do shots of Fireball and Rumpelmins, do not eat a large pizza first.
1: If drinking...
0: Before we move on, the Two-Headed Nerd is looking for brave advertisers and sponsors who aren't afraid to have their good image ruined by our filthy puke humor. If you're interested in sponsoring this show or the answer of the week or just advertising on our site, send us an email at nerd at gmail.com with a subject line, sponsorship. I know one of you guys has a company, got money to throw around, give it to us. One of you has
1: a comic that they're trying to sell. Yeah. Looking at you, Brian DuPont. That's right, man. You got 150
0: bucks. Get us a Pecos Bill ad. (laughs) Look,
1: if you had one shot, five minutes to seize every back issue you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Yo, His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous But on the surface he looks calm and ready To buy some, but he keeps on forgetting What issues he wrote down The whole comic shop, click it so loud He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out He's choking, how? Everybody's joking now The clocks run out, the shop's closing Blow! Snap back to reality Oh, there goes gravity Oh, there goes a nerd that choked He's so mad, but he won't give up that as he know he won't have it. He knows his old backs to these bins. It don't matter. He's broke. He knows that, but he's a joke. DC's so stagnant. He knows when he goes back to his basement. That's when it's back to the long box, yo. This whole collection better go capture this run and hope it don't pass him. That
0: was one take. Are you you keeping that? You were keeping it. That was excellent. (laughs) One take. I'm terrified to hear what that sounds like. When, <laughs> when one take DJ M- MC D- when one take MC DJ is rapping like that, it must mean the comic pushers are back, slinging the hottest, highly addictive comic product to nerd junkies in your hood this week. A cap pee smelling tweaker named Brian Dupont wrote in asking what we thought were some great. Spider-Man event stories. Actually, he wrote it months ago, and we're sort of paraphrasing his question. We're getting around <laughs> to it now. We've got mountains and mountains and mountains of these.
1: So, his first question was, what did we th- what did we think was the first, quote-unquote, Spider-Man event story? I
0: don't have the slightest
1: clue. And that takes some knowledge of Spider-Man history, and I would say that I think that the first Spider-Man event story, though they didn't really do events back then, but... The closest thing to it was the Master Planner storyline that took place in the late teens of okay. Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, the Master Planner was this criminal. Aunt May was dying. She was poisoned, or she needed some experimental medicine, and it turned out that Doc Ock was the Master Planner, and it's got that iconic cover where Spider-Man's trapped under all the rubble. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, that yeah. And that issue, he's got to, like, it's, it's heavier than he can lift. And he's gotta summon all of his strength to lift that rubble, save Aunt May.
0: I remember the cover. I did not read the story.
1: Oh, uh, it's it's a great that issue is iconic, and I think that's the first that's the closest we come to an event story
0: back in those days. Okay, well let's let's put some spidey event stories in his hot little hands. Like all right. what, what would you suggest?
1: So when we're talking about event stories, I I imagine we're talking about, like, things that may have impacted the Spider-Man status quo. Okay. Right?
0: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: So, the death of Gwen Stacy is certainly a classic one. Right on. I would say that uh, a little bit later on, you'd have the uh, alien costume saga that kind of...
0: Introduce the idea of Venom. It's
1: hard to say where it began because Secret Wars 8 and Amazing Spider-Man 252 came out so closely.
0: I think Secret Wars 8 is widely considered the first appearance. It it is. Even though it's just like a final page, I (laughs) think.
1: They came out in the same uh, month or within spitting distance of each other. Right. Secret Wars was a weird thing because all those characters left Earth for an entire year. Yep. But their main books kept going.
0: So you have an issue. Well, it's sort of like when Cap was in, you know, <laughs> sure. Dimension Z.
1: Well, it's like uh, Amazing for Sp- Four um, Minutes. Amazing Spider-Man Two Fifty One. He enters a spaceship in Central Park, and who wouldn't? At the beginning of Two Fifty Two, he jumps out of that same spaceship, and a year has passed. Yeah, man. So it was a weird timing thing. Oh, so I would say equals, that that's a E um, MC squared. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> But I would say that that was a, a really fun event story where he's got this thing that he's he thinks is such a great deal, but he finds out it's an
0: alien that's feeding on him. Yeah, no, definitely that was really fun, and it was before Venom got super cheesy and totally overused. Well, it's
1: before Venom. Period. Yeah, like Venom is
0: not around. It Venom was just a symbiote comes from at that point.
1: That storyline, so it impacted literally up until now. It's impacted the Spider-Man universe till the present day. That was twenty-five years ago. Craven's
0: Last Hunt. Ooh, Craven's Last Hunt is a biggie. That was uh, Todd McFarlane, Spider Man, like one through four. It was
1: pre Todd McFarlane. It was was right before Todd McFarlane. It was Mike Zek did the art. Oh, Mike Zek Zek did the covers. I don't know if he did the
0: art. Torment is what I'm thinking. Which was kind of a follow
1: up to Craven's Last Hunt. Definitely. Craven's Last Hunt is the story of Craven. He's off his rocker. He's finally lost it, and he has defeated Spider Man and buried him alive in a grave six feet under the ground and then taking his place it was cool (laughs) and spider-man like while while craven is like terrorizing thugs in new york spider-man is clawing his way out of the grave it culminates with what i will say is probably one of the most
0: iconic moments in spider-man history i won't spoil it It, even though it's very famous i won't say how it ends amazing storyline i'm gonna go with spider-man gang war That was one of my (laughs) favorites. And it wasn't anything huge. It was just like all the villains that had henchmen and gangs got together and had a huge fight. And the Punisher knew it was going to be happening, like got tipped off and was going to come murder him. Just like kill everybody. And Spider-Man and Daredevil both had to get together to save the bad guys from the Punisher while simultaneously being caught in the middle of the gang war. This ran through Amazing Spider-Man 284 to 288. So five issues, mm-hmm. and it had art by Eric Larson, art by Alan Cooperberg, like a few different people drew it, but Jim Owsley. Eric Larson? Yeah, he was on one of the issues. Tom DeFalco and Jim Owsley wrote the whole thing. Jim Owsley, mm-hmm. fun fact, is Christopher Priest. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a fake name. Uh, Christopher
1: Priest is a fake name, and Jim Allesley is his name, and then he changed his name. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, that would be why I probably he was an loved editor and writer so in the
1: eighties, and then he he changed his name
0: to Christopher Priest. Yeah, fantastic eighties Spidey stuff, though, and just like loaded with guest stars. The Falcon was there, Daredevil was there, Punisher was there. It was so fun.
1: Along those same lines, though, this isn't like an event in the sense that it was a six-part epic and out. It was kind of like a. It was like a boiling pot on the back burner of Spider-Man for years. It felt like uh, the Hobgoblin saga that began, I want to say it's like 238.
0: Could be. I don't know off the top of my head. But
1: it ran for over a year, maybe even longer, where the Hobgoblin comes on the scene he's stolen norman osborn's gear at this time norman osborn is dead right nobody knows who he is and he is just really like the mystery of who the hobgoblin is and dealing with the stuff he's doing dominated spider-man subplots for a long time even though other stuff was going on and i think a lot of that was collected in a trade probably out of print (laughs) you can get those issues i'm sure on the marvel unlimited Or uh, maybe... I'm sure. Yeah, on Marvel Unlimited, I bet you a bunch of
0: those issues have been reprinted. They've got to be in print.
1: Modern modern stuff. I mean, there are good modern Spider-Man sagas, but there are an equal number of terrible Spider-Man sagas, like One More Day. Oh,
0: sure. And um, the other... Terrible. But if you want to go more recent, I mean, let's talk about Spider-Island. Let's talk about... That was a great... Amazing. And it kind of introduced the whole idea of the Doc Ock thing that's going on right now. It definitely uh, planted the seeds, yeah. Oh, big time. And, and it, I will say Spider-Man has kind of been trapped in one event after another <laughs> in, like, the past five years. It's true. But I don't hate it. It's been so well handled. Well, I mean... Spider-Island particularly ended very well.
1: There, It's kind of difficult to differentiate between what is in a quote unquote event story and what is just a story right that's labeled with a title and part one of six Sure.
0: <laughs> so but i mean i would say spider island definitely changed what was going yeah. on in the book and led to you know well the death of peter parker eventually yeah, totally. and doc Ock swapping identities with him if you want to figure out what's going on with superior spider-man start there right start there and read Excellent and stuff.
1: Of course, the most famous of all Spider Man event stories is the Clone
0: Saga. Oh, good Lord.
1: Which is very divisive. Ugh. And I will agree that it went on for too long. And
0: it's completely collected in one huge mammoth volume. No, I it's believe. five volumes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: because it was four years. <laughs> it was four just...
0: <laughs> years. It's, it is. Oh, man. I, I, I don't hate all of it. I hate ninety nine percent. I don't it, hate all of it, but I will say, like for what it is, it's truly an impressive body of work. The
1: problem is that they just didn't know how to end it. No,
0: and it spun way out of control.
1: Yep, yeah, it, it <laughs> just it went off the rails. But at first, the Clone Saga was very compelling. Like they they for months they foreshadowed the return of his original clone from the seventies, and once he shows back up as aunt may's on her deathbed it goes from there right and for a while there it's super fun stuff and then it just they just lost it
0: <laughs> it is it is probably worth looking into if you just want just to have from a historical perspective fun cheeseburger spidey stories yeah
1: thanks for your question even though that wasn't exactly your question if you are looking for some other great event stories or just a good read, you can send us a list of TV shows, movies, books, kung fu moves, professional wrestlers, whatever, to our email or post it in the Comic Pushers section, which I will create of the THN forums, and we'll put a stack of comics in your sweaty little hands.
0: Gross. Sort of break it, break it down like down, this. Down, this, this. this. And that is it for the Anarchy Cancelled episode of THN. If you're a little upset that everything is going to be just fine as well, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can give the show a star rating, a written review, or a Stitcher thumbs up, and help us to connect with other potential listeners.
1: Wow. I'm over it. You threw me a curveball. I'm over it. Thanks to all of our past donors, and if you'd like to help keep us in bribes for our Army-appointed defense attorney, you can make your donation in any amount using our wrongfully accused little PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com.
0: While you're there, you can He's find... He's innocent, I tell you, He didn't do a damn thing, and he deserves his rights if he did. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed at TwoHeadedNerd, our email TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, our YouTube channel, THN Commoncast, our Skype handle, TwoHeadedNerd, all one word, and our ziggurat phone number, 402-819-4894, where you can call slash send us with your ask a nerd questions or ask the comic butchers what you should be reading or ask us to review your self-published comic be it printed digital whatever this is the way to contact us tell us you love us tell us you hate us just call us drop us a line and don't forget to sign up for the teach and forums this is your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show or just rap about comics it's good clean fun start posting today
1: Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion and every discussion, frankly, all of them. Our Twitter page our Twitter handle is at 2 Edit Nerd. You can go to twitter.com slash 2 Edit Nerd. It's true. Facebook.com slash 2 Edited Nerd. It's there too. It's that easy. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own audio responses, be sure to check out the 2 Edit Nerd Answer of the Week podcast, which normally airs on Wednesdays. But remember, hiatus. We're taking a couple of weeks off. If you already subscribe to this show, you don't need to do a goddamn thing. It will just magically appear in your feed every Wednesday.
0: Next week, Wooly Toots comes on board to fill in while I'm on tour, and him and Joe will be reading Battling Boy for the Take a Look It's in a Book segment. Him and Joe? Yeah, I thought it was fun to do it that way. Okay. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to the Legion of Not-Mat Bombs, who have their sights set squarely on Wooly Toots, because he's guest-hosted this show one too many times. Word you nerds And don't stop believing You might get another chance Who knows Until next time True believers Remember to pre-order your comics Your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it I will be tweeting my location And where I am playing On a nightly basis If you want to come out to the show Tweet back at me We'll figure something out I'd love to meet you guys This is a two-headed nerd Signing off If I don't make it home It was a fun ride And I'll see you in hell
1: Wooly Toots New permanent guest host I am inheriting all the sound
0: equipment. (laughs) And wait, you're going to marry my wife too, or is he? Listen.